This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where, if you go to Zupan's.com and sign up for the uh, news feed and the newsletter, or just look, you can see exclusive offers for great deals. Uh, a sneak peek for listeners of Right at the Fork. Coming up at the end of January, one pound of steelhead free if you buy one pound already. That's pretty great. It, it, you're you're losing money if you don't go in and, and take advantage of this. I know, and, that, and we're talking about great fresh oh, yeah. fish. This I, is not... I just did the albacore tuna over the weekend, which yeah. was one of the, the free items. Mm-hmm. My wife came home and she's like, well, that's a surprise. I'm like, you're telling me, but it wasn't a surprise because we tell everybody about it. I always have a hard time in the fish case there because everything looks so oh, yeah. delicious. And, um, and the meat case, too. There's nothing like it. So... Other than that, Court, what else are you going to find at Zupan's now? Well, winter citrus, it's time to think about that. We're talking grapefruit, navel oranges, satsumas. Uh, they've got all that great stuff in the produce department, including our very favorite sumo mandarins. I saw this over the weekend. They uh, have arrived, and they're the biggest citrus of the season. If you haven't tried those, you can go in there. In fact, if you start talking to the produce managers in there, they'll let you taste it. Right. How, how many times have you been in Zupan's, if you've had a question about something, and they just say, well, let's taste it? Well, not only that, but they often you'll see them sliced and ready to taste right then and yeah. there. And I don't know if you've had the... Sumo. Have you had the sumo mandarins? I've the, had them. The big yep. ones? Yeah, yeah. They're so easy to peel. Oh, yeah. And they're so delicious. Yep. And they're so juicy and sweet. Mm-hmm. Those are great. I always love that time of year. It reminds me of when I moved out to California when I was a kid. Right. And all of a sudden I had access to citrus I'd never had and right. I lost a ton of weight. I'm not here to tell you that you're going to lose weight by eating a lot of orange. <laughs> kind of sounds like what's what you're saying. But I really did. I got really got into the citrus then. So anyway, also... There's a there's a Lang Winemaker dinner January 24th at Burnside Cellar Z at 6:30. It features January wine specials from Lang Estate Winery and Vineyard with father and son winemaking team Don and Jesse Lang, and of course delicious pairings from Chef John Eisenhart, whom of course we know and love. So that's happening on the 24th. Cheese of Italy takes place on January 26th, once again at the Burnside location, starting at 2 p.m. Burnside cheesemonger Evan will help prep your palate as well as your mind with a variety of Italian cheeses. That's my favorite place to go is the cheese department at Zupan's. Well, there's one other place that I had just gone. I went to watch fresh Parmigiano-Reggiano be made in Italy. Oh. So this is the best you this can do. Rather, right. Short of going to Italy... Go to your local Zupan's markets, which uh, they've got three of them, uh, West Burnside, Lake Oswego, and McAdam, and always where? Zupan's.com. All right, time once again, Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And as we always do, mm-hmm. Court Johnson over there. Yeah. In a slightly different studio environment than we, we're used to here. We are. Is it throwing you off in any way? No, no, because this is kind of, we did this a few years ago. You used to actually have me on Kink. Yeah, yeah back when when I was doing the morning show. Right. Building the podcast, building Portland Food Adventures, helping yeah. me to build it. So thank sure. you. But uh, I haven't been on kink in a long time. This is ah. the problem. Ah, well, we'll work on that. <laughs> we'll work on that. It's okay. Yeah. I think we can get by. Um, 
at any rate, it's uh, it's nice to be here with you, wh- yeah. whichever studio we happen to be in. It doesn't make any difference to the listener what studio we're in. No. Maybe, it's, maybe it'll it's sound... It's kind of like when I call attention to your hats. Sure. Or your the, shirt. People are like, I don't care, Chris. Yeah, I know. It's a waste they of might, time. You know, we want to get to the interviews. We try to have as good of sounding audio as possible as we can on this. And I we, appreciate we, that, Court, because, because of you. These podcasts, I believe, sound a lot better. I'm not gonna, not necessarily uh, versus the national podcasts, but local podcasts. They sound sure. really good. Well, that's the the it's the blessing and the curse of podcasting is literally anybody can do it, which is great, right? But should everybody be doing one? Right. Well, that's what happened to art direction, copywriting, yeah. photography, videography. Yeah. You know, it's all it's it's gone down the line, and we may have just opened up the door for a, a casual listener to be like, "Well, neither you and Chris should be having a podcast either." Well, that, that we're <laughs> completely prepared for, and anybody's welcome to write us and tell sure, us. please, we'd welcome. We should it. stop. Yeah, but I think I and we also encourage people to to not only write us but go on and rate the podcast. Yes, give us a rating because more people will be apt to listen. Uh, and we're open to any criticism. We're also aware that once in a while we kind of miss something, and we like this to be a little down homey. Oh, sure. So we had an incident recently where we actually took a break for our guests to go to the bathroom, yeah. and we didn't go with them into the bathroom. But no. there was a there was a, a few moments where we had to edit it and fix it. Right. So there there was a, a missed edit and an upload. Right. That, uh, yeah. But those things happen. Yeah, it's life. And uh, we're hoping we don't lose any listeners because of it. We actually hope we gain them. It's a little more time to gain people. Anyway, so I am really excited to be here for a couple of reasons. Yeah. To introduce again for the fourth time, Mm -hmm. John Gorham onto the podcast, and it's always nice to check in with John for a few reasons. Um, We like to hear what he's doing. I mean, he doesn't stop. He's got eight restaurants now, I believe, and more of them coming online, and always more plans. Um, And there's another reason we'd prefer not to have him on so often, which is to talk about his brain cancer and his recovery thereof. Um, And it's going well. And he talks this time about some depression that he went through when he was actually on last time, but he wasn't addressing it when he was on last time. So it's interesting to... um, Hear his progression. What's most important is it's great that he's recovering. Yes. And we're so glad to hear that and uh, and that he's still doing what he's doing. And I find it just incredible that someone with those types of health challenges um, is able to keep press, not only just pressing on, press on and keep things going, but to forward everything and to to be at the helm of such a great organization that, by the way, restaurants aren't easy to operate. No. Uh, so many of them with so many things that can go wrong and, uh, and still press on and do a great job and be a positive force and someone that everyone really respects and loves. I'm one of those people. I'm sure you are too. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was great to have him back. And again, the the the, the fact that we're talking about depression the way we are now, right. I, I I think is good that we're now in a, it's no longer taboo to kind of open ourselves because then we realize we're all kind of going through this to some degree. Oh yeah, it's when one is going through it, it's good to hear yeah. that someone else not only has gone through it, but you can get to the other side. Right. 
Yep. And um, yeah, and I'm I'm glad because I've gone through depression sure. before. Yeah. And it, I'm not just talking about being sad. It was rough. Yeah. And I have other loved ones around me going through it, and so um, it's good to talk about. And um, John is very open and upfront, and it's one of the things I think is great about him. He doesn't pull any punches, and he's not, you know, he thinks it's important to talk about it. Yep, absolutely. Um, also, I want to make note, we are really proud of the fact that as we start year seven on the podcast, um, that one of the things that we've been just blessed with are clients that we love, mm-hmm. that we can endorse with with all our heart and um, with all the genuine, right. genuine true, true endorsements, right? True endorsements, yeah. and to that. And uh, last time when we recorded this episode with John, I just kind of mentioned, um, you know, Ringside has been with us for a while, mm-hmm. and so Zupans, of course. And um, he nodded his head and said he'd be interested in sponsoring our podcast, which basically means getting the message out there of all his restaurants. Yeah. Um, and uh, having them support John's, you know, his whole organization is now supporting the whole Portland food world. Right. Because we think we're, we like to think that we're helping out. Yeah, we're helping out. We're supporting, we're getting stories out there, sure. which is what was doing. So, as of this episode, I don't know if you'll hear all the the bells and whistles advertising, but as we move forward, we're going to uh, be talking about what Toro Bravo Inc is doing mm-hmm. and inform people what they what events they can go to and what specials may be at restaurants. Uh, we'll have more of that later. But right now, off the top of my head, we've got some exciting things going on with them. Plaza del Toro mm-hmm. um, is opening a new location soon. Um, Yala is going to be in Multnomah Village, which I am really oh, you're, excited all that, about. Oh, you've been... Uh praying for things like this well just so you know i don't like to be driving to portland all the time to eat so it's really nice it's close it will be close by and uh something i just found out this morning toro bravo is celebrating its 13th oh wow anniversary that's a big one so that's a big one so um um so there's going to be a lot to talk about and we're we're actually it's pretty cool because when i started my portland food adventures thing it had it came from a conversation with john gorham or the the, the offshoot of what i did with portland food adventures started with my asking him who where he goes to breakfast right and where he likes to go yeah so all of this started because it's of interconnected john. and uh so it's really cool that it's kind of come full circle and lots have come full circle we've done a number of events with him and so um uh, just a full disclosure, but a happy full disclosure that uh, they're going to be with us this year. And better yet than hearing me talk about it and you talk about mm-hmm. it, we'll hear John talk about um, a lot of things that are going on with his restaurant group and his life right now on Right at the Fork. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, inspiring you with the best in food and wine. Local and family-owned Zupan's Markets provides one of the most unique grocery shopping experiences in the city. With three locations to serve you, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Visit Zupan's.com and sign up for the email list to receive exclusive deals and promotions. By Ringside Hospitality Group, owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years. Ringside Steakhouse has long been a Portland landmark. 
famous for its steaks, world-renowned onion rings, and unsurpassed service. And now with extended happy hours, where you can enjoy a wide array of dishes on the bar menu for half off. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and make a reservation today. And by Portland Food Adventures. Join right at the Four Coast, Chris Angeles for once-in-a-lifetime luxury food and wine vacations with his Portland chef and artisan friends in 2020. Lauded Spanish restaurant Urdaneta's Javier Quinteras takes you to a magical Spanish Basque country for 10 days in April. Or explore beautiful and rustic Western Sicily with Taste of Italy's Astri Enzyme in October. Contact Chris Angeles through PortlandFoodAdventures.com. Who have you had on interesting lately? Oh, we have right right now. Um, this we have a two-parter with Dave Dahl. Uh huh. Dave's Killer Bread. Yeah. That was. How was that? That was pretty interesting. Um, and he said, you know, base talk. We can talk about anything. And so uh-huh. that's how it ended up being two hours. Okay. So he's got some stories. And um, how's he doing right now? He's doing well. Is he away from the bread? Right? Then they they moved. Oh, him they're away? gone. They sold it. Yeah, that's he's, what I thought, he's yeah. out of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's living nearby in a penthouse, and he's into African art, and that's his that's his thing now, and a little bit of um, you know travel, and uh, he's looking at the world differently, and yeah. he's clean. So. Um, Thanks, thanks to some drugs, some prescription drugs. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but it was an interesting. Yeah. It was an interesting talk, and um, you know, I wonder. I I think Dave's great. We got to meet him, but I wonder when people, they're always at a stage where they think they're over things and they're feeling better about their yeah. life. If he's still, you know, I just you don't know. He's had problems his whole life. Yeah. And successes too. He's a really cool guy, and he does a lot of he does a lot of um, speaking engagements to talk about you know getting out of things. And I thought it was interesting to talk to him about Portland's problems. Yeah, because he's been there. You know, he's been a, he's been a drug addict. He's been a thief. Yeah, you know, uh, and been in jail a lot. So I thought it was interesting to ask him about um, his thoughts on what could be done. And he took a little bit of a hard line on it. You know, you can't give. You can't give an inch to these people. I, I, you know, I've, I've, I say all the time that when you're, I mean, I've, I've had addicts and my, my mom was an addict, you know, I've had addicts in my life, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And an addict is always going to take the path of least resistance to get high. Mm-hmm. And if that's living in a tent on the street, not getting messed with, that's what they're going to do. Right. And if the, the, the path of least resistance is recovery, that's what they're going to do. So, I mean, right now we're, I, I think, I think the way the city is, actually you know feeding the like the like there was just a measure that they actually took it off today there was a measure that any new buildings that be built in portland was going to have to have an area for homeless people to camp on that is unbelievable that's insane that 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 is that is that is just you know that's little meat bread who yeah give them bread and water that's how many people agreed to put that measure out there and who does that i mean who could possibly think that's good for a city I mean, it, you know, I, I think it all comes from compassion, but sometimes that compassion is just wrong. You know, like I said, you got to, sometimes you have to be a little tough. You know, we got to think about everybody, not just one group. Right. Well, it's tough love. And yeah. that's the only way uh, you, you talk about the path of least resistance. Well, you want to get people on a path to something positive instead of this yeah. lifestyle that they're yeah. 
living. So I don't know. I'm not really qualified. I feel to talk about it, but I have to say that, um, you know, walking around Portland right now is obviously not what it used to be. And I see you've been broken into, your businesses have been broken into a number of times. Oh, I mean, dozens. 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 That shouldn't be. Yeah. So, um, and I, and just observing Facebook, I have a, a pretty negative view of Portland right now. I'm kind of glad to not be here seven days a week. Um, and that's very selfish, I know, but um, I don't know. I can't imagine what people from out of town. We have all this, a lot more tourists than we used to have. Tourism was down this summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We Do you felt think it. people hear about? Yeah. Here? People know. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't know if they would get clued into it before. If they only read all the positive things on Portland and then get here and think, "Wow, what is that?" Yeah. And but it's all over the West Coast. It's not just yeah. Portland. So, uh, but what have you done? What can you do in your business to try to? prevent that you have to kind of have a bouncer outside uh, you know i think i think you know get involved and that's what we've done you know i was uh, i think last year i had a couple really bad break-ins uh, what i had a one two three punch that had you know three in a row in about a three-week period that hurt and uh i was mad i was i was pissed off and i was calling the city and letting them know i was mad and you know Renee was like, look, let's, we just have to get more involved and get, get out there and help. So, you know, we've done a lot with Central City Concern. They're, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we feed the uh, kids at pair every month and, you know, just, just try to try to get out there and get involved and try to help the people that are actually doing a good job. Is it easy to find those avenues to help people or? Yeah. Everybody wants to help for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you have, um, a full plate. If you're doing that, you're dealing with your brain cancer yeah. or have dealt with it. And we, we're going to talk about that. And you don't stop, man. You've got a full list of openings of things going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. I, so huh. I, um, is that what keep that? Obviously, you're driven. You're, yeah. A driven person doesn't just at your age say, all right, I'm satisfied. I'll stop. Right. But right. there's another reason when we first met that you were always interested in opening new places was to keep employment, keep people employed and growing within your organization. That's the yeah. only way to do it or not the only way, but it's, it's yeah, an no, effective off, off way. The, I mean, almost all of them, we see someone talented in our company and we know that they're ready for that next move and you know, why, why not help them, you know, instead of, instead of letting them go, you know, why not become symbiotic and stay together? Do you, and I would imagine you have a pretty good track record of, People staying. Yeah, I have my my people have been with me for a long time. I've had a great track record on you know like really you know even bef- the businesses I started before Toro Bravo Inc. Or, you know most of them are still around in some form or another. You know, so I don't think anything we've done has come to an end. Everything's still going. So you've had nothing uh, looking back that just has shut. That didn't. I mean, you've had. Uh, couple of things I've that had you some I had some relationships that, yeah, I've had some revisions and I've had some relationships that end it, but you know, we end it well enough that everything survived and it's still thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about your last couple of years with your health issues. Cause that's a big one, man. That's, yeah. And, uh, you're still here. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. very thankful for that. And, uh, of course, an outpouring of love from not only the food community, but just Portland in general. You're an important guy in the city. 
really important person. Um, so, um, and you've had a long fight. How's it? How's the last year been for you? Well, you know, it's it's been two years since. Well, February will be two years since the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then how long before that? We talked about it, but how long before that were you diagnosed? Uh, I found out the Thanksgiving before that. Okay, so you know, I had about three months to mm-hmm. to live with it, figure, and, figure it out. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, you know that my tumor was in my personality center, so that's you know a, a lot of your moods and. Looking back, I was I was starting to have some. I had I had a couple anxiety attacks right before that, and you know I I could definitely see some 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 changes in myself as I was leading up to finding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know once you found I found it, it was you know when you have a brain tumor, they don't know what it is until they get it out. You know, so you're literally getting woken up and hearing the news of how bad it is. You know that, that's you're not going to. I mean, they, there's. Some some pictures can tell you if it's really bad, but even a small one that looks okay could have the mutations to be bad. Mm-hmm. So mine turned out to be you know pretty pretty you know young and forming and and slow moving. Fortunately, um, you know I have I have MRI. First year I had MRIs every three months, and now I have MRIs every six months. And every time I get in that tube or you know get the phone call to get in there, it's 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 anxiety provoking for a week or two, and I always get the the results read right after, so I can be calm or know what to deal with. Oh, you can get them the day after yeah. the day of your MRI. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. Cause yeah. Yeah. I, the first one I had to wait two days and I was like, no, we can't do that. I got, I got to I got to know today. All right. That's a big thing for uh, yeah. that. They generally should get under control and <laughs> yeah. let people know right away. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the after the surgery, it's been a little up and down. I mean, you know, after the surgery, you know, the the first couple, you know, two months, you know, the doctors told me they're like, you're going to be tired, like you don't even understand, and and it was true. I mean, I just I just had nothing. I would you know get up to use the bathroom and need a two hour nap, you know, just from that little bit of movement, just because your body, you know, your body's repairing brain, it's repairing bone it's repairing you know skin tissue you're you're in you know your your body's going through a lot to recover from that type of surgery mm-hmm. and then um after about two months you know it, it, there's a little bit of celebratory that they got it all out and it was looking good and then came the the, the you know the reality of the brain trauma you know i really went into uh it you know what one of the things that happens after a brain surgery often is is depression and anxiety because you're your pathways are disrupted and and they're they're changing and they don't know where to go. So what that creates those feelings, and it got pretty dark for me for about nine months. I was I was definitely you know in a in a really really dark place for about nine months. Had you ever been suffered from depression before this? Um, I would have said I thought I had, but no, nothing like this that. Was a different, yeah, different level. Yeah, and you know that's the horrible thing about depression is you may get, you know, you get beyond it and then you just never know. Now, once you've experienced it, you fear, wow, that could come back because it's an organic thing. It's not something you can necessarily control. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, where my brain got cut out, you know, that's those, those are areas where dopamine and serotonin is made. And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, I definitely have a a little bit of a handicap there now. Um, And so what do you, how do you well, you know, uh, the do you, you know, you know I mean, the depression was so dark that I mean, you know, just in all honesty, I, 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 I didn't want to live anymore. It was that that point, like mm-hmm. I was waking up, being like, I wish it would have just taken me out, you know. And 
that's terrible, you know, especially as a father. And, you know, I fought that. And, you know, one thing I can say, I, I, I never gave into the just lay in bed. You know, I, I got up every day and made the bed and got showered and got outside and did what I had to do. Um, so, I mean, I, that helped. And so now, um, you know, I think right after that, I kind of, you know, self-soothed myself with, you know, cannabis. I, I took a lot, I took a lot of cannabis there for a little bit, you know, especially after work on the weekends to just kind of numb myself. And about four months ago, my wife was like, look, you, you, you got to come out of that too. You know, like this isn't healthy either. So now I've, I've quit that, you know, I, I, I can't drink or anything since the surgery, I get headaches. So, you know, I've, I've gone back to exercise, which is always the answer to depression, you know? Right. And it's not always the easiest answer for, no, it's hard. It's yeah. especially to start, you know, to, to start the habits and, I think so many people want to go right into like, I'm going to, you know, go hurt myself exercise. And, you know, I started with walking and, you know, I walk about five to seven miles a day. Mm -hmm. um, I try to get in the woods as much as possible on hikes, but if not, I, you know, do, do the Esplanade loop, you mm -hmm. know, almost all the time. And, you know, started, you know, started getting back on my bike on the weekends and, Trying, you know, now I'm trying to get maybe two exercises in a day, you know, I'll walk in the morning and maybe go to the gym in the evening. And, you know, that really, that really elevates the mood. I find uh, trees and nature. Well, you uh, know, it's funny right after a, a year after my surgery, not even a year, no, six months after my surgery, I, I, I bought a house in the woods. Mm -hmm. I, I moved out into, I live in the trees. I, I think that is, there is no time that I've ever gotten outside. There's one time when I was really really down yeah. and it didn't work so um and as a matter of fact um when i went i i went through something pretty severe you don't know in relation to anybody else's yeah. depression but 10 years ago the only thing that could make me happy was getting in the car and going out to manzanita with my dog and seeing oakley be happy on the beach yeah and that was the only thing that would make me smile for about a year or two that's why i moved out there i think that i think that was the safest yeah. Um, prescription for happiness or, or to battle that off. So getting out, getting out, I think is the most important thing, but you know, a lot of people, you're talking about being suicidal. A lot of people rely on you and I, I don't, you know, a lot of people love you, but you've got, you know, you've got, you're a father, you're a husband and man, how many, how many people I would imagine you've set up your businesses so they could operate without you, um, but they, the whole thing comes from you. And Renee, um, you, did, did that help you to? Yeah, you know, you know, and that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I really haven't talked about like that being that dark with a lot of people, but I don't know if that, that, you know, definitely my children, my wife helped. Some sometimes you know when you're in that 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 much of a depression you know it was the first time ever that work for me felt like a burden you know mm -hmm. it's it's like and at that point that I don't know if that was that was pulling me you know it it really I wasn't finding joy at work and that was the first time I've never I've had that situation and conversely when you're not happy at work that's a way out of work too. yeah so yeah. Um, you know I just I lost you know it, it took. At that first year after my surgery, I had I had no creativity in me. I couldn't I couldn't think about cooking or food in a creative way, and that was my first time in my freaking life ever having that happen. 
And uh, that was bumming me out. That was really, I was, and I was using the, my tools in my toolbox to try to find that inspiration, you know, travel, eating out, meeting with other chefs, collaborations, things like that. But um, I, it, it, it literally took about a year, year and a half to find creativity again. I would say that of all the chefs that I know, you have the most opportunity for creativity because you got Plaza del Toro. There's always something new. You have to develop new things. It's not all on you. Yeah. But, um, you know, you do travel a lot. Um, and that couldn't, that was. It was not doing it the first year. No. And, you know, I'm looking back to our, um, you know, to talking to you. I don't, you didn't display it at the time. Um, you talked about it a little bit, but you yeah. didn't talk about being that dark. So yeah. that was a, you know, you opened Tasty and Daughters in the middle of this, is yeah. that? Yeah. So, um, so it's remarkable. And for someone who was really unhappy at work now to just keep going and pressing and pressing, do you ever want to just just take say, all right, I'm going to take two years <laughs> and just enjoy, just stop and smell the roses for two years? Which, by the way, could include just eating at your restaurants, yeah. just going and enjoying them and seeing everybody grow. You know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't yearn for that right now yet. I can see it coming. I, I, I like working. I like, I like to grind. Um, I, I'd like to, I think something that I'm trying to work towards as a goal with the family is, is like a, being able to take a one-month sabbatical maybe a year. You know, just mm-hmm. going away, getting out of it. Go recharge the battery. Go eat some good food. Hang out with the girls, and come back and work. You know, I've I've gotten to the point where you know t- I can do two weeks pretty easy, mm-hmm. and I start getting a little antsy. And I, I'd like I'd like to train myself to be able to relax for a good month. So that's just you. Your businesses will get by from would get by for a month is what you're implying, right? I mean, you know, they you know that went through you know a good six months of recovery where I could basically almost do nothing, and they got by. You know, it's real. What's funny about that is, you know, as as being the creative force of the company, I'm constantly coming up with new ideas. I'm constantly wanting to bring in a new piece of equipment or take the crew on a traveling trip or do something, do something, push, push the company, which costs money. Our, our, our most profitable months ever were the six months I was recovering. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> you know, like. Well, that should take, be a message, my friend. <laughs> but, but what's profits? You know, I'm, I'm more of experiences. Yeah, but you can have good experiences that don't involve. Yeah. I'm an advocate for we only live once. Yeah, I believe that's my belief yeah. anyway. And um, a lot of people don't stop. If you know you enjoy your work, that's great. But yeah. there's a lot out there to enjoy. Yeah, you know you've discovered so many things in your travels that you enjoy, and you've you've brought them back into your restaurants for to make experiences so that people can touch. Uh, San Sebastian, people can touch Madrid, some of the places you visited, Israel, which, you know, that, to bring those experiences and have, I can't, I can't tell you how many people I hear say that Shalom is their favorite restaurant yeah. in Portland. And you would not expect that, right? It, it, of all it, your no, restaurants, no, you would fu- say Toro no, would be. No, no, Shalom, y'all, is our biggest hype. I mean, it's our biggest media asking. It's our, it's the one I hear about the most, you know, and. Some, some, you know, sometimes I, 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 I think so highly and, you know, Toro's my love, but, you know, I think Shalom, you know, I think, you know, 13 years ago, Toro Bravo was a market disruptor and Shalom mm-hmm. is a market disruptor right now, you know, so of course. And that's three or four years into it or three years into it? 
Uh, it still is Disruptor? It's for, now for, starting to... For, for, uh, you know, it, it, t- it took a good year for people. Uh, that we've always done well, mm-hmm. and it always had a following, but it took a good two years for people to really take notice of it. And it's funny, some of the people who didn't really get it or like it, you know, and the the first couple of years, they'll come in and be like, what'd you do different? And we're like, well, not that much, you know, maybe added on to it, but the core idea and some of the, those core ingredients and recipes are still the same. You know, those were, you know, a lot of that was family recipes and from Ron. Mm-hmm. And how's he doing? Ron's good. You know, I love Ron. Yeah. yeah. So that's your partner from way back. Yep. There's, if you, I, I don't know the exact episode number right now, but we discussed Ron on a previous episode yeah. and how you met, which is really interesting. Um, but I've become a big MEC fan, so uh, I just haven't gotten to Shalom, I think, once. Yeah. So I'm one of those people that would get to it now. Same thing as uh, went to Toro Bravo with some friends a couple of months ago for the first time in a long time. You know, you mean to get there, but there's this whole world out there, and I'm my Portland time is I'm not going out yeah. every night of the week. Um, it's just it's as wonderful an experience as, as it was. So you're able to develop new disruptors, and your old disrupt- disruptors are still packed. So yeah. they're still disrupting, right? Because they're still act- as right. long as people are going. Yeah. But it's not at the top of the um, it's not at the top of the conversation. Toro Bravo any longer. Because there's so many, everybody's going for the new shiny well, thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. Every every time, you know, right now we're seeing a little bit of, uh, you know, the fall of some some giants out there. Which and, I want to talk about. And, and every time you see that, you know, the, the next thing is on the, on the media and, and the comments is like, oh, it sucks. I've, I'm so bummed out. And you're like, if, if you want these guys to stay in the game, you got to go. Right. You got to keep them in mind. You know, you can't just see the shiny new toy and forget about, you know, kind of who... Who paved the way for the shiny new toys? Well, I think that has always been a problem in Portland because yep. we have just a few media um, and that people pay pe- attention to. And the big thing is the next new thing all the time. How does a Toro Bravo stay top of mind when there's all these new shiny toys out there for people to grasp onto? I mean, the one thing I, I always say is, you know, especially when I'm setting up a team or the team's changing or something, you know, one of my coaching points is, is like, we have to be better than everyone else. We have, we, you know, you can't be as just as good as the shiny new toy. You, you gotta have people come in like yourself and go, wow, they still got it. There's mm-hmm. still, it's still something here. And, um, you know, so for myself, it's never resting on your laurels. I can, I can say, you know, like a, a few of these guys that these, you know, these giants that are falling, there was some laurel resting going on, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that's kind of your, you know, it's, you know, you, if you're not pushing forward, you're, you're falling behind. Right. Um, well, and some of them aren't even in the restaurants or weren't even in the restaurants very much. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is, um, that's something people have to, I'm, I'm si- sitting here advocating for you to smell the roses and you're saying, well, if you do, this is what may happen. <laughs> you know, true. I've always felt, and I don't have a rundown of all of them, but when the, and fuck, we're so list oriented now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's, that's what is one of the things that's killing us. Oh, I've said this for years. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's a list matter when there's, you know, a list every 10 minutes. You right. Know? And everybody's list is differently. I was recently... Uh, I don't remember where I was, but, every, you know, you look at the top 10 lists and they don't even match up. 
But I've always felt that you get short shrift because you have a number of restaurants and everybody takes it for granted that they're great. So no one needs to call attention to it to, to make, you know, your Toro Bravo, I used to say, should be number one, um, whether that's now or not. If you're doing a list, it should, it should have been somewhere number one on somebody's list at some point, right? And it, sometimes I look at these lists and it's like, where the fuck is John? He's not on this list. Yeah, and um, that's crazy because I mean, you know, I, I, it's I mean, trust me, sometimes that stings. Some, some sometimes it, it, you know, like you, you know, looking looking that way, it, it stings. But then I'll I'll take a deep breath and I'll 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 go and touch every restaurant in the day, and they're all got lines out the door and they're packed. And I'm doing it for the guest experience. You know, I'm not doing it for the reviewers or the those guys. They have their job to do, and I and a lot of times what they're putting on is what they have to do for their jobs. And I got my job to do, and you know, uh, as long as I, you know, keep the guests happy, which I think we do a pretty freaking good job at, they're, they're going to keep coming, you know. I, feel, I, haven't, I, I haven't been to one of your restaurants where you just walk right in. That doesn't yeah. happen. I mean, okay, occasionally there's some nights like that here and there, you know, as we've gotten, you know, the size we are. But, um, you know, like I, I had a little bit of a slow start at Tasty and Daughters and I look back on it now and I, I wasn't ready. I, I, I liked that property and I and I wanted to move. I wanted to either remodel Tasty and Sons or move it. To a, to a building I thought would, would do better. And we, we struggled on that project because my drive wasn't as strong as it should have been with my healing. And, you know, the one thing I, I kept telling my crew is I was like, as long as we do good service, good food, they're going to come, you know? And the one thing I have a luxury of, and, and I believe it, if I open a project, I'm sticking with it until it's successful. And if it's if it loses money for a while, uh, fortunately I have all these other restaurants that can keep it propped up, which is a luxury compared to people who don't have that. It's you also know? a strategy too. It is, you know, and and so you know you you see these restaurants and if there's a few restaurateurs that you see them open something up, and if it doesn't take legs in four months, it's gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I I think that four months is sometimes how long it takes for it to click, especially when you're doing like MEC. You know, it, it took us four months just to get all the cooks to understand that flavor palette, you mm-hmm. know? And, and and so when you're doing something new in a city that doesn't have that, you have to train the palates to, to get there. And, um, you know, I think that's another thing with, you know, going to the reviewers is they, they want that instant hit. And, and I, I, I don't, you know, when you, when you have as many things as I've done, I, I can't, I don't know how, uh, you know, how often I can produce that instant hit. I'll always put out a good product. I'll do a good job. I'll I'll keep improving on it as we go. But s- sometimes it takes six months to a year to get to that point where it's 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 shining bright. And it should it should, because if if you shoot your wad right out of the not <laughs> yeah, not to yeah. attach that to food yeah but you know then it's really hard to keep that up. A, a build to, towards something is a, is a. Yeah. I think a, a healthier way. It's like losing weight. Yeah. You know, if you lose it yeah. slowly, yeah. you get there. But well, how do you feel about the state of criticism now? Because I don't think Michael Russell's doing a lot of, uh, cri- you know, criticism. He's doing more lists yeah. than criticism. Karen still does some. Yeah. But there are really not, there isn't a lot of restaurant criticism other than uh, lists and right. you know short little blurbs about a restaurant in with ten other restaurants or twenty. I mean, I'll I'll be I'll be honest with you. In the last, you know, going through that depression and recovery, I, I literally I got off all social media because I, I felt like it was uh, one of those things that could really bring me down. 
And uh, and I, I haven't read a list or a review in probably two years. How good I for just, you? I just pulled, you know, like I have people in my company that do it, you know, and, you know, I, I believe in the thing. If they're writing about you, it's great. Someone's writing about you and, you know, did they get your name, your phone number, and your address right? Mm-hmm. You know, and if they did that, great. And I'm just, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Well, good. So doing what you're doing is a lot. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you here we first recording we're doing in 2020. Yeah, I have a hard time saying that. Do you want to hear <laughs> one that I saw on Facebook? I I, I subscribe to the theory that uh, getting off of social media would be a great idea. I'm just an addict for a number of reasons, but I also find some positive things there. And it made me think about this. How about this one? 1990 is as far away as 2050. Think about that. One way, going one way, wow. back to 1990. Wow. 2050. So that is crazy. As far as we've gone from 1990, you do that again, and yeah. you're, you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'll be around. It's going to be, that's going to be rough. But at any rate. We are pausing here just a moment, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, Ringside Steakhouse. It's a classic, and it should be at the top of the list for anyone. Yeah. By the way, and there, how many people have we had on the podcast when we just mentioned Ringside? They light up. We had Micah Camden talking about that it's John Gorham just place. moments ago. John Gorham. Yep. Uh, there's nobody that doesn't consider it uh, one of the best restaurants in Portland. And I will go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a pretty diplomatic person. I don't like to piss anybody off. Sure. But I'll go out on a limb and say there's no restaurant that has better service than Ringside Steakhouse. Hands in, down. In the city of Portland. Hands down, absolutely. Yeah, there are, I, I always discover um, a new server that yeah. I really like. There's, uh, you know, you have Angelica over there, Jimmy and Andy in the bar. Yep. And then there's Scott was... Sure, yes. Scott was awesome. Yeah. So it's always fun to find. I've had Scott a couple of times, but he was a new discovery for you in the latter part yeah, of 2019. Yeah, he was great. We didn't have him last night. Yeah. We had Santi. He was great, mm-hmm. but Scott is the man. Yeah. And uh, there are a few of them over there. And of course, Angelica. I was getting in conversation with Angelica. Sure. It's hard not to. Yeah. But I'll tell you, we had last night, we had the octopus, which I think was fantastic appetizer. And it was the first time I did not get a steak. I had the sea, the seafood Caesar. Okay, just because I was feeling like something a little lighter, a little different. That yeah. was there was a there was a lot of crab on that. Yeah, it was really good crab and shrimp on that. And we also, of course, had the onion soup, mm-hmm. which French onion soup. That's, My daughter gets that every single time we go. Yeah, but I used to consume that a lot before right. I moved to Portland. It's harder to find here. Sure. So um, it's great. They serve it in. They serve it steaming hot with beautiful cheese on it, and then for dessert, a peanut butter sponge cake with popcorn ice cream. Oh, popcorn ice cream. Yeah. Well, so it was really more of a vanilla ice cream with beautifully done, you know, the perfect caramelized popcorn. Okay. All over the dish. Nice. And it was a really good dessert. Peanut butter sponge cake. It just sounds great. I would like some of that right now. Yeah, it's great. So I had it all last night. 2020 would be the 76th year of the Peterson family being the proprietors of the great steakhouse in Portland, Ringside Steakhouse. If you haven't been, go. You need to go. And if you have been, it's a it's an 
a new menu, mm-hmm. new happy hour menu. And I had the burger off of the bar menu the other yeah, day. Yeah, it's great. Oh, man. It's great. So it's like the best burger I've had in years. Right. So check into ringside.com and check out their new happy hour deals. Yep. Uh, so you understand because it's not only on Sundays now. Right. Uh, and after 930, there's other ways you can enjoy half price in the bar. Mm-hmm. So, And that's a good way to enjoy ringside. Enjoy. Um, you're, (laughs) so, oh, I was talking about 2020 pushing forward. Let's talk about what you have going on. And I particularly love the fact that you have moved into, you're moving into Multnomah village Yeah, because I've been, you know, I live around there and I've been an advocate for Jesus. Everybody always is opening in the same places. And there's this wasteland out here where there aren't a lot of great places to go to eat. There are a few in Maldonado yeah. Village. You know, have you ever been to Otto and Anita's, by the way? Yeah, oh, yeah. One of your new names. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. Um, so what, what? how did that come about? And let's talk about some of the other projects, too. Well, you know, um, I, I, you know I think uh, it was about two years ago, the city put out their, their city planning for the next decade. You know, they put out their list, and they said that, they're, you know, they're going to stop focusing on the east side. And downtown and start focusing on southwest so the, the city knows that's where the expansion's going to go oh you know i so so i remember reading that and being having my bulbs go off being like oh i should pay attention out there and i never really spent any time out there and then after my surgery like i said i really just wanted to get out into into some woods some trees and i found a property uh up near council crest that was uh this dilapidated house on two acres you know right about two acres that just you know surrounded by trees you can't really see any neighbors when you drive up to it and uh i, I that's it was, the connecticut experience that it, you well, don't get out here well it, yeah it's funny you know it's like i i had a house on 12th and prescott and I, I i sold it and bought this house for almost the same price and wow. now i have i'll you know i've had i've had my work cut out for me on this house but it's it's so rewarding and it's you know it's an old old cottage and you get to customize it to yeah. uh, what you like i mean we yeah. built restaurants so you yeah build, yeah you know and, and it's like again like you, that slow, like losing weight or the slow, the slow burn is you know i've one thing i've gotten with my age is some patience and i you know when i bought the house i was like i got you know i give myself five years to do this so i'm at year two and i'm, I'm about two-thirds of the way complete Mm-hmm. So I feel pretty good about that, and I'm sure once I complete, it's going to be the circle of you know fixing what I started. Well, then with. you're going to find a place somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know about this. This one feels like it. Like I, I don't know if I can do better than this. I've heard so many people say that about houses. Yeah, and then you know life goes on, and you never true, know. true. But I'm yeah. not. I'm not yeah. suggesting you shouldn't live there. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fantastic yeah. that you found a place that in Portland that affords you. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I've always liked. Yeah. I have never been one who wants to live on top of other houses and yeah. look at other people. I don't like com- oddly enough, this yeah. is what I'm doing this podcast, but I don't enjoy random conversation as much as someone would think. I can get yeah. into many of them, but I don't like walking out of my house and having to have a conversation. Yeah. I like you know, I liked it in my youth, you know, being able to walk everywhere and living near Tasty and you know, Toro. I always lived in those neighborhoods and there was a time and place that I loved it. And, you know, there's, and there's some things I miss about it. I, I miss the walkability and, you know, my, my, my oldest daughter really had a lot of friends and she could get around pretty easy, you know, down there, but less crime where you are now though. You don't have you to know, worry it, about it, it as it's, much. It's funny. There is, but you know, like like literally where I live, you might have a, I have a driveway that you drive down into, into my property and my, my literally park my car in front of my front door off the street. Can't get it. And, 
you know, two weeks ago, someone came down and I broke into my car and took all my stuff out of my house. Was it locked? No. Yeah, but, you so know, it's, I had it's, that happen too. Yeah. No, lesson learned. You yeah. know, my, my dad always said locks keep honest people honest. Yeah. I, I, I my, my gut, I mean, I'm never going to accuse anyone of something I don't know, but there was a window that happened. And at that same window, I had an Amazon package delivered, which kind of made me be like, is, was, mm. was a delivery person taking advantage of the situation? Yeah, those people, I don't know how vetted they are. But yeah. anyway, we're getting off the subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so um, Multnomah Village and it's going to be Shalom, correct? Yeah, well, it's going to be called Yala. Yala, so, right, so, but yeah. it's, a, it's an offshoot of Offshoot Shalom. of that, yeah. So, so, you know, I bought the house in Southwest and I start, you know, I live off of Dosh. And, you know, started exploring all those neighborhoods. You don't want to, we, should we cut this out? You don't want to get too specific on where you are. It's, trust me, Dosh is a big road. You, okay. you, you wouldn't know. I, I, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of offshoots there. But anyways, um, you know, I started hanging out in uh, Multnomah Village a little bit and checking stuff out. And, you know, I was like, this is this is the perfect place for one of our Shalom Y'all type projects. Is and, it going in one of the new buildings? No, it's going in the old O'Connor's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right across from Renner's. Yep. Correct? Yeah. 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 That, that street needs a little uh needs a little love now too. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the that Mexican restaurant on the end, it used to be something else. And I yeah. remember referring to that as the worst meal I've ever had in Portland. That <laughs> closed and yeah. I don't know about the new place. But oh that's cool. Yeah, the Mexican place is okay and you got taste bud right there and yeah. you know, Fat City is always, you know, it's a you know, it's it's fun to go in there and get some eggs and hash browns every once a year or so. Yeah, I've never been into Fat City. But yeah. Mike, Micah Camden's made moves there and then sold a little big burger, but he's yep. got Blue Star there. Yeah, yeah. So he he made a little investment in that area. And I'm, you know, I've been harping since we started this podcast. And would someone please start paying attention to yep. Southwest? So glad to see it. So when's that going to be completed? You know, we're right now we're waiting on the health department to approve our, you know, with holidays, we, we turned them in like a week before Christmas and myself, we missed kept messing each other. So I think we'll have our approval next week and then, you know, probably three and a half months of build out that, mm-hmm. that building needs a lot of work. We're going to, we're going to tighten it up, make it, you know, take it up to code. Yeah. I would imagine, I would imagine you're not going to, you're not going to, uh, just, it's funny. Every, every time I get a project, um, it, you know, you get in the building, you're like, ah, oh, may, maybe I can do this like I used to do, you know, like that, that ragtag it together and, you know, hope for the best. And, and, you know, you see a lot of the restaurants on the list that, you know, what I hear, you know, about the list is are, are kind of doing that. And then they're kind of building up and, you know, making it better. But I, I, I just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say, okay, we're just gonna leave the bathrooms like they are. We'll do this. And then someone will come in and be like, no, you guys got to take it to your level. So and do it before it's open. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's cheaper to do it once and do it twice. Right. Yeah. And it's less disruptive. Yeah. Uh, than yeah. To do it later. And you have to update years later anyway. You got to do something. So, but you don't want to wait for that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a domino effect. As soon as you fix one thing and you pull a permit, then you got to update the other thing. So now we just look at it and be like, okay, what, what does it take to get the whole thing to code? And then that's that's usually a good a good benchmark, and then you build from there. And how many seats is it going to have? I think it's going to be right about fifty seats inside, and a ten about a ten to twelve person bar. Mm-hmm. And then there's that patio, which will have about twenty five to thirty seats. Wow, I am excited for that, and I'm going to make a prediction that that you're going to have lines, yeah, out there because it's been there's a few things there, but nothing like you know one of your restaurants. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we've been recipe testing and 
playing and you know when do i get to participate in that <laughs> well you know maybe maybe in about a month or two but uh what you know we're we're doing a culinary field trip next week uh, you know for some inspiration for it how oh, are you heading we're uh flying out um it's myself and casey and six of our chefs and we're going to dc to eat at a restaurant called Midon, which is looks you know r- ridiculously cool and then uh the next day we're driving to philly and spending a day with Michael Solomoff, we're going to eat at Zayev mm. uh, uh, for an early dinner and then Abe Fisher for a late dinner. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a good trip, and it's yeah. easier than f- flying over the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. So, and you've yeah. done that, though. Have you done any trips with six of your people to, you have? Um, to yeah, Spain? yeah, yeah. I've done and, that in the past. You know, I just did a big trip to Spain this fall. You know, I did, uh, my, I did my culinary trip, and we had 19 total on this one. You've done those, so you can... Imagine yeah. 19 was a lot. It was, it yeah, was it's a, getting up there. So, yeah. we're gonna ha- we have 21 Ugh. going that includes us. So, we yeah. have a really cool group of yeah. Javi uh, from Urdaneta uh-huh. and JL, his wife, yeah. and uh, Andre. Yeah. So, we're now involving the front of the house, yeah. So, um, so we're gonna have 21 going in the fall. We had a few people want to move from spring fall, two trips, yeah. So, um uh, yeah, I'd love I'd love to do one with you. Years ago, I sort of couldn't, uh, yeah. and you know why. Yeah. But um, anyway, it would be great to do, and those trips are fun. Nineteen is getting a little large. Twelve, twelve to fourteen is a that's really what I nice like. I, I like the twelve to fourteen, but I understand the guys I'm doing it with. That you know they they need those numbers to make it profitable for them. You know, our, right. our, I think our first year, like they lost money just to keep it going, and then. You know, they did okay the second year, and then this last year, I think they they did they did good. But we did um, Galicia this year, and it was just mind blowing. Really? All right. Well, I'll have to look at that. We're we're scoping out where to do next year's trip, yeah. two thousand twenty one. I think our next year one's going to be the Canary Islands. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I was scheduled when I was a kid. My parents had planned a trip to the Canary Islands, and I never got to go because I got nailed for smoking pot in high school and <laughs> ended up staying yeah. with my grandparents but the but the um consolation was i got to my grandfather was sorry for diverting here but it's, it's okay it's kind of fun my grandfather was in the sound business for Bro- on broadway so he did he was one of two companies to do all the sound on broadway for years so i got to um i was there my grandparents didn't know why i was there it was like my parents went and i couldn't go <laughs> So um, he set me up. He said, there's a rehearsal for an, uh, a one-woman act over at the Winter Garden Theater. You're welcome to go over there and spend the day because he was trying to get rid of me. And I sat in the audience with Gilda Radner doing her entire show to two people, but she looked at me the whole time, the whole time because the other guy about six seats down from me was Lauren Michaels. <laughs> That was my penalty. Uh, so well, that was that's not too bad. That was not bad. So anyway, I'm sorry. You know, I have one person who writes me and says they're not interested in my stories, but I like to think this is a conversation. Yeah. So that's yeah. the way it happens when when if we were sitting down to have a bite. So what else? What are some of the other um, openings that you have going on? Well, we're moving Plaza del Toro, right? Into well, the Pearl. That's, that's a, a big, big one. one. You yeah. know, it's 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 big on me right now because I'm building one out and closing one down, and that's 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 pretty heavy. But you but, got the concept but, down, right? When exactly. you opened it, you didn't even know. Yeah, I was in uncharted water, and and, <laughs> and and now now I got the teams going with me. They're excited. You know, it's it's you know every time like you know I talk to Ron and you know about all everything we're doing, he'll add that one on there. I'm like, yeah, but once that's 
Dawn, we we got that one. That mm-hmm. that's you know we got some you know we'll have a little more playing power to do and you know we we, we got a little more booking to do on that one. But it's I think I think that room's going to book itself. I mean it's I think I yeah, the the plaza that I'm in now is amazing. The one I, we're yeah, the I, one we're building out is 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 jaw droppingly beautiful already. What we're doing there, right? Yeah, yeah I'm sure it's it's going to be a whole nother level. How much bigger is it than the when than the current? Um, it's double the square footage. Holy shit! Yeah, that puts a lot of pressure on you, doesn't it? But it's it's a lot of that goes to the kitchen. You know, my kit my my kitchen. You know, when I opened a plaza, it was supposed to be our test kitchen. You know, it was a gastronomic society, and and we got so busy that it was never available for that. And um, you know, th- this this new one's got you know you know it's got three kitchens in it, so it's it's, it's there's a lot that can go on in it. How much consulting do you do? Because with all with everything that you've got going on, I would imagine for a successful restaurateur, they'd want to take a look at your model from outside of town and say, "Let's let's see what he's doing in Portland." You know, I don't I don't do that much. I've dipped my toes in it twice, and uh, you know, each time it's you know what what first first thing I, I like to say is I, my opinions are strong, and 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 sometimes and I and I recognize that the way I do things works for me and it's hard to trans, you know, unless you're working it like I am, it's hard to translate it over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, what I found and most people asking for consulting is, is they wanted to pay me to tell them they had a good idea, you know, and, and that's tough, you know, and I, you know, it's like, do I want to put my name on that? Do I want to stamp that? Do I, do I want that kind of pressure? Have you told someone, no, 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 that's not going to work. I mean, no, not, I never said that, but I've, I've told people that, you know, I, I, I think some of the things they're doing are mistakes or, yeah. And they're not, I mean, we're talking in a general sense. Yeah. Some people aren't receptive to that. They don't want to, they, they pick, get pissed off because they wanted to hear yes. Well, no one's ever gotten pissed off, but you know, they, they, they'll, they'll argue their point and, until it's, you know, like what, you know, you're, I'm, if you want me to consult for you, I'm kind of working for you. And that's, that's the other thing too. I mean, I, I, I became a business owner for a reason. I don't. I don't want to work for people. I'm, I work for myself. Right, but just to, um, I'm, not, I'm not consulting with you right now. Yeah. But just to explain what you've done and why you've done it, you don't have to go into so much detail on yeah. each thing. But you know, I don't know a lot of people who have test kitchens. They are. They're all. They do all over yeah. the world. But at least in Pacific Northwest, test kitchens an event space. Uh, you know, I think. I'm I'm not very aware of what's going on all over the country or all over the world, but man, ten years ago when you and I first when I first sat down at uh, at Tasty and Sons and asked you about your inspirations for breakfast before Portland Food Adventures had ever happened, there were no really no events happening. Yeah. Am I wrong? I'm waiting for somebody to tell me that ten years ago. There were a lot of events, and I just wasn't aware of them. You know, there but, there, there were people that were. You know, Vitaly Paley always had some some. He had some wine cool, dinners. Yeah, he had his wine dinners, but he also had, he brought in some beer guys and some you know pig guy. You know, I, I you know I was, I was really good friends with Vitaly back then, and I I, I really uh, you know very different model than mine. When I opened a restaurant, I said I wouldn't do anything different. I wouldn't I wouldn't close it or do a pre fee menu on a holiday. I was like I'm going to do what I do every night mm-hmm. and. You know, Vitaly would use his restaurant as that, and and it worked out. It worked out well for him. You know, at those in those times. Well, he's done some cool things with you yeah. know Russian pop ups and yeah. now Paley's is a yeah. little got to let Russian slant. Are you still buddies with him? Um, you know, we're we're busy. You know, I there's nothing. We're not not friends, but we. Right. I mean, like I haven't spent any time with Vitaly in years. Have you? Is there anybody in particular in town that you do spend 
time you know, you know one of my good friends is Jason French from Ned Ludd. We, mm-hmm. We've been great friends for years, and we sit we sit together and 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 throw ideas off each other and chat and give us each other inspiration. He's a life coach now. I heard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've actually, you know, he he came to me and said that he's really into it and wants to. Co- so I, I actually have him coaching one of my chefs that was kind of hitting a roadblock and mm-hmm. it's worked out really well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so, are there any others that I'm not aware of? I can only keep track of so much in this 61 year old brain. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, that's the, that's the one I, I thought of the most. No, no, I meant openings. Oh, that you openings. Have. Oh, I, you know, I'm also going to do. Um, I have that little room that we try to do a little lounge for oh, right. my That's daughters, a... and it just you know you know we were thinking like a weight lounge, and it it, it just was hard to run. P- people felt awkward with a server standing there over them. Mm-hmm. So we're we're gonna do, uh, we're we're looking at doing a omakasa with um uh, with um all right Sam Saltos. He used to be the one of the owners of Zila Sake. Right, amazing guy. I mean, he's got his resume is you know one of the best probably in the city. And uh, so we're 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 gonna build out a room for him and partner up with him to to so kind of see his dream. It's gonna have nothing to do with tasting daughters. No, nothing to do with it. I mean, right. he'll we're we're gonna be sharing some space, walk-in space, and a little prep kitchen. But right. he'll have his own kind of thing going there. It can't have a lot of seats. How many seats? Uh, I think ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was the one that prompted me to contact you and say, "Hey, we should talk." When I heard that was yeah. going on too. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's exciting. Yeah. I never thought of you doing. Involved in in sushi. I mean, really, it's you know helping them out. But I love Japanese food. I've you know I, I, I traveled to Tokyo a couple of years ago with the family, and mm-hmm. you know I, I it's I, I'd say if we go out to eat besides our own restaurants, it's Japanese food we eat at the most. So um, you know I'm really I'm not involved with the menu at Sam. You know mm-hmm. I'm I'm helping him source products. You know for his menu and. Uh, Helping him, you know, he he wants to do a lot of his own foraging on this on the Oregon coast. So he's a scuba diver. We you know we we were able to get him his gear and like get him set up and start you know giving him a platform. But really, I see that one just helping helping someone I see that can really add to the Portland food scene and propping them up. You know, you're we're seeing more and more of the Oregon coast being involved in the Portland food yeah. world. You got Arizzo, you've got. Uh, Maylene, who's who knows what she's going to be doing now? Yeah. Other than pop ups at it, never. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of exciting that that's that people are paying more attention to it because it is, because it is this incredible resource that we have that no other. Yeah. You know, and, and it's gonna it's gonna take you know it's it's gonna take a group of chefs to make a change on the Oregon coast seafood. I mean we. We're in a rut of what comes to us. And when you read about how the fish actually gets to us, that's caught on most of the fish that gets caught on our coast has to travel to two other cities before we get to buy it again. Really? You know, it's it's getting auctioned off and going all over the place and then it comes back to us. And it's, it's going gonna, gonna to take more of these chefs getting down there and making the relationships with these smaller fishmongers for the big guys to probably start taking notice that this is where we're going. And do you foresee, because this is my wish, do you foresee a day where you or someone else might open a restaurant out there that's, that's supported by the, you know, it would be give, uh, it would give a coastal restaurant a little leg up if they had a Portland presence. Oh, let's go to John's place. I can see me doing, you know, as a matter of fact, I, th- I think in February, I'm going to, I'm trying to set a pop-up up there. The, um, 
in Garibaldi, there's the old uh, life lifeguard house. Oh, it's awesome. That they're re- I, that, yeah, I know and, the guy who put that together. Yeah, so uh, one of my one of the ladies that we buy um, some of the uh, you know hand caught stuff from is helping us put together a dinner there. So I think I think we're going to be announcing that soon, and we'll be doing that with Juanjo Canals from Spain. Oh, nice! And you know, going out there and probably you know picking some stuff off the rocks ourselves. And oh, fantastic! Yeah. I need to know about that because. Uh, the last one, Maylene did. It was a private dinner. I couldn't go. Yeah. So I want to go to that. It's a. Yeah. Be- have you been? Have yeah. You been I, I, yeah. Yeah. I. I. I walked it up about a month ago. This lady, Kristen, that I buy my Persepes from. Um, we went out with her one day, and she she gave us a tour, and then we went out and you know handpicked some Persepes and some mussels and started a fire on the beach and cooked up some food and watched the sunset. Very nice. Yeah. It's a pretty cool thing. I think it's a that uh, that gangway. To get there is about a quarter. They say it's a quarter mile. It doesn't seem like that long to me. Maybe an eighth. Yeah. But that's it's this beautiful renovated Coast Guard yeah. house yeah, that neat. that they display. It's really to promote that part of the coast. Yeah. Um, but and I guess those were all up and down the the West Coast, and this is one of the only ones left. Right. And yeah. they did just a beautiful job of yeah. renovating. It's really cool. I had driven by it for years and didn't even know it existed. Yeah. So I saw Mike on Facebook. He runs the all the foodie things out on the coast to promote it. Um, and uh, he invited me down there to a couple of his favorite restaurants that I didn't know about. Offshore Grill yep. in Rockaway. If you get out, if you're out that way, yeah, that guy yep. is good. Yeah. And um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. You would never think of that. It's I love right Rockaway. Yeah, Rockaway, but this place is, uh, you it's solid. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite place to go right now and on the coast. What do you have planned for 2020? You're going to be doing, uh, you're going to Washington and Philadelphia. Yeah. Do you have any international travel? Well, like I said, I, I, probably trip? probably the first week of October will be our trip again. And we're, we're um, the the host that I work with from Barcelona, uh, Alex, he's, a, he's an avid scuba diver. Mm-hmm. So going to the Canary Islands, he's going to try to have some scuba diving days for people. Uh, not scuba. I mean, oh, so that'll not, be this year. Not scuba, uh, snork, uh, yeah, scuba diving. Yeah, yeah, that'll be this year. In I love the fact that you put them out and then promote them for two months and fill them up. It takes a little longer, although, um, or with Javi, that thing filled up really, really, yeah. really fast. You know, we cool. uh, half of ours is return guests. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that you know we talked about that. You know, we we don't ever do the same thing twice. And so it's 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 been you know intriguing enough for people to come back over and over. That's uh, over half of ours are returned, but we're we're doing Italy and Spain and yeah. Australia. Australia was awesome. Have you been to Proud Mary? Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Of, yeah, what do cool. you think it's, of that? It's, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. That we that was my favorite trip last year. Yeah. We went to Tasmania, which is now burning up. Yeah. So it's it's funny. I had a. On, on my last Spain tour, we had a gentleman from Tasmania join us. Really, his name was Gary, and and he was he was just the best guest we've ever had. You know, like that whatever they're doing in that culture there is amazing. He was such a great guy. Everybody is really friendly, and I mentioned to you as we were walking in here, we just went to Victoria, BC, Hobart. Which, by the way, I had if you had asked me, have you done a quiz and said where's Hobart, I wouldn't have known. That's in Australia and Tasmania. Um, but it's a lot like Victoria. It has the same kind of feel. It's very artsy. It's got a lot, a lot is operated around the water. It, it revolves around the water, and uh, it's a it's a growing food scene because yeah. Melbourne is growing. Yeah, and then Tasmania is taking the cue from that. Same yeah. way, 
Victoria's got some pretty cool things going on. It's small. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, Australia right now should all be in our thoughts. It's uh, it's crazy what's happening there. Well, you know, I'm I'm no soothsayer, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see. We're just, it's going to be more and more yeah. of that around uh, the have, world. Have you seen a picture of the, I, I looked at it yesterday of where the, it's, it's like the whole freaking continent's on fire. And I think as Americans, we think of Australia as being small. And, and so I saw a picture of all the fires and they moved Australia on top of the United States right. and it's, it's, the same it's almost the same size. Yeah. And if, I mean, if we had that many fires going on at once, we, you know, we would be, you know, it, 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 the whole world would be taking notice. Well, yeah, you know? we're very provincial here, so we don't see beyond our own borders. Well, well I mean, also but, if we had that many fires, we'd, we'd be smoking out Europe. Well, think about, you know, we get them on the West coast, yeah. part of California and, and it's a big deal. Yeah. This is the whole yeah, it's all, Yeah. 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 And uh, it's it's really sad. Um, it's, it's not you know. I was and, and what's scary about song, it is there, it's there's some stop. you know the solstice is their summer. Um, their summer just started too, and it's like this. Well, it's, yeah, it's 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 our July right now. Yeah. That's where they yeah. are. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really it's incredibly sad, and it's as this is just it's just going to keep happening. We're just seeing a little, yeah. little of it. We're starting to see all this. Climate change, my opinion. Yeah, I believe science is uh, is telling us something. So, um, so you're feeling pretty good now. I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm feel I'm feeling much better. Like I said, I'm I'm moving. I'm exercising. I'm, I'm you know I'm working in a positive way. Um, you know I'm I'm definitely to have the dark cloud over me off of me. And you have an excellent support system. Your wife Renee is one of the most delightful people. I've ever met. Yeah, she's always positive, and I will say this too. I remember when I first met her, and she's done some events. She has really come into her own in terms of hosting events and feeling comfortable in front of a group. Yeah, um, she's uh, oh, she's amazing. You know, I, I one thing I believe in, and I, I try to I, I use them as tools for my employees or my you know team members and. Is you know co- you know coaches. I I I think that getting an objective um, view of yourself and things you're going through is very healthy. And you know I I I I personally have a life coach. I see every Friday. I have a corporate coach. I see every other Tuesday. I have a health coach. I see on the beginning of every month. You know, and and those are those are amazing tools to you know to to you know look look in, inward and figure out what what you're doing with yourself. That's a lot of self. Uh, self work. Yeah. Um, so what's the di- what's the real difference between a life coach and a therapist? Um, you know, pr- probably about the same. You know, I I I guess um, I've I've seen therapists in my life, and I, I've always felt that I've I always felt there was a little more judgment. I feel like with my life coach, it's become more of friendship. You know, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, a little little little. I don't know. I've always been curious um, about that. They're obviously from, from, different qualities. I've tried others, you know, and, and like I said, um, the relationship I have with my life coach is very different than when I when I saw a therapist. Or mm-hmm. yeah, could you sit down with Jason and have him be your life coach? Would that be strange? Yeah, that'd be strange. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would think. Well, so. I mean, you know, it's like I, I, you know, I mean, there's always. I love Jason, but we, we have a little bit of competitive edge to each other, and I'm like, I don't want you telling me what to do, and I'm sure you don't want me doing the same. Do you feel like, is it competitive in Portland? Yeah, I mean, you're a competitive guy, obviously. You have to be. Yeah. But I've always felt that there's more collaboration than competitiveness. But because you can't, you don't, you 
can't necessarily be competitive against Jason. There's too many other places to worry about than one guy. You got you wish him well. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. You know, right. I, I don't ever wish anyone ill or, or slow nights or anything. I get I get bummed out when I see places closing and right not thriving. I, I think that's a scary sign. But uh, you know, I you know it's, when I was learning to sail once, and the, my friend that was teaching me, he's like, okay, anytime you come up on another sailboat, it's a race whether how friendly you are, you know, and, and I think that that way in, in what we do as an industry, it's like, I'm always striving to know more or do it better than the next guy. That's competitive. I don't want to take you down because right. of that, but you know, I you just but, want to see them but, on the, on the silver, <laughs> getting the silver. But, but I just, well, I, I, you know, it's funny you say that though. I've always, I've always said getting number two is a lot better than getting number one on these lists. You know, when you're, yeah, num- when you get number one, everybody thinks that you're going to, you know, present the second coming of Jesus on a plate. When you're number two, everyone comes in and says, you should have been number one. Yeah, that's, well, that's true, but you can't control that. I wonder what, uh, Gabriel, well, no, he he claimed number one on Michael's list with Kennard, but Pigeon came down, so he's got to feel pretty good about that. Um, Do you ever get to Kennard? Have you ever been to Kennard? I haven't yet. I hate to put people on the spot like that, but if you haven't, that's yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, experience. A lot of my crews have, and they they all like it. I I just one of those things where you know I I I I love Gabe. Gabe's a great guy. Mm -hmm. Um, I've I've always I've always personally found you know he 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 cooks with a heavy hand, and I'm you know like I'm constantly fighting that, so I have a hard time going somewhere and eating heavy. You know, so that's that, that's probably what's kept me away from there. Though I, I I need to put it's on my list. I need to do it. What else is on your list that you got that you need to get to? Um, whoa, there's what's that? Uh, there's a new pre Erizo. Oh, I really want to go check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, what is there's a uh, another person doing um um Nuet. I think it's or there's a uh, I can't think of the name, but. It's, Begins with a B. It's another prefix. Oh, Berlu. Yeah, Berlu. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we had we had Vince on um, yeah podcast too, yeah. and I haven't been there either. Let's go together. Yeah, I'd love to go there. That would yeah. be fun. I've, I've heard amazing things with the two Renees, yeah. my Renee and your Renee. And you know, and I, you know, it's funny. Another embarrassing one to say. I never, I've never done the Cassania dinner either. I need to go there. I haven't been there in ages. Yeah. There's no doubt about if just reading and hearing from people. He's one of the most talented chefs yeah. we have. So. Should be uh, should be experienced. Um, there's a whole list of those places, but it's interesting that you brought up two. You know, Vince cooked under Justin uh-huh. at Castagna, so you brought up two of the similarly yeah. coursed out, smaller plate yeah. type places. How about Holdfast? Have you been speaking of? Have you been to Holdfast? Um, I haven't. No, I should do that too. There you go. Yeah. you got a list. Yeah, you know, it's really funny. You know, I you know traveling and. You know, I, I, it's and 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 trying to you know grow and change with the with with what's going on. You know, if you travel out of out of Portland, even in the United States, and almost every other city, ev- everyone's going higher end and bigger. You know, and 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 packing the house. I mean, Denver. I mean, everywhere I've been this year, it seems like high end, higher end, a little bit bigger restaurants. Um, you know, Spain, you know, they're, you know, some of the restaurants in Spain are giant and just mm-hmm. bustling and, and, and Portland just, and, and just keeps kind of that low brow thing, you know, and it's trying I, to push I, up. I, I, I think it tries to push up and then it, it, there's resistance for, from it, you know? And I, and I think, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to go 
full on there, but you know, I feel like we 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 keep trying to polish ourselves and we you know we just had a big you know you know manager meeting with a bunch of the crew and we're like okay we got to you know remember that we were always a value always a little bit that and we're like maybe maybe this next year we're gonna you know instead of maybe trying to polish it too much take it back a little step and just kind of you know go back to that you know who our our core roots have you thought of earmarking one new restaurant to go to go up. That was not the the proper sound. Well, I mean, that. you know, I mean, Toro Bravo was that, and 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 but but, but that, it's that's, always been reasonable. To yeah, me. I never yeah. Have said you can't go there because yeah, but you know, prices, you know, like prices have gone up, and you know, every trip to Spain, the influences of Spain are higher end and stuff. So we keep bringing in these things. You know, it used to be, you know, when the beginning years was finding those secondary cuts, whether it's lamb neck or you know the shoulder or whatever, and you know, putting the work into making those be amazing, you know, it's still quality. And then, you know, and then, you know, as we've grown, you know, we're able to get like, you know, the Ibericos and things that just cost a little more that we want people to see that that raises the prices of the menu up a little bit. And so this, this year we're going to, you know, kind of focus on maybe going, going back, taking a step backwards and, you know, bringing back some of those values that were, you know, unheard of. Well, that's good to hear because I have noticed Overall, that things uh, there's a price creep going on. Yeah. I think, generally speaking, um, and but it, I think it's it's a natural occurrence with all the hotels. I mean, the hotels are crazy. Yeah, how many hotels are opening and what that does? Yeah, you know, you're going to have less loyal, fewer loyal people, and more people going on lists. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think is going to uh, just fairly quickly your take on the food world in Portland? Over the next year, it seems to me that the stakes are higher. The investment dollars are are uh, more sensitive. Yeah, it costs more to build right. right now. You know, it costs. It costs. You know, I I opened Toro Bravo. And it, it never had been a restaurant, so I had to do everything right. It was there was no bathrooms, no hoods, no anything, and I got the doors open for one hundred and eighty grand. And I mean, there's that's there's, a food cart now. There's no way, no way you could even think about that in in a in an empty space. I mean, it'd be it, you know doing that cheap would be three times that you know. And um, the other thing is, and and I, I unlike a lot of restaurant owners, I'm not complaining. I I think that we had to adjust, but you know, 13 years ago there were really there was no PTO, there was no you weren't forced into health insurance. There was a lot of benefits for the employees that you didn't have to give that you could you know, cheap out a little bit and, and balance, you know, maybe give a little more value to that, you know? Um, I always say numbers don't lie, you know, like a, a, a hotel, generally a hotel wants to run about 25 to 30% labor and they find that, that that's what you're squeezing. You know, my, my company, our, our lowest labor number is 40% because mm. we, we take care of our people and we give them good benefits. So that's, you know, and, and generally we've done that by getting good rents, by doing volume, by, you know, keeping our, our food costs in line. And, and that's, it's getting, it's, we're, we're getting squeezed on that more and more, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, that, that it's, it's, you know, we, we, we need to adjust. And what's, what's happening right now is, is a lot of restaurant owners are subsidizing the increases. And, and so we're, we're taking less, bringing in less in order to keep stay relevant and keep our prices down. So we're really not charging what the market's 
demanding us to charge. I've and heard so, that for a long time. Yeah, so a it, it should it, be twenty. It, it's getting there. It really is, and and it's it's going to it's going to balance out. And I think it's a game of chicken right now. I think uh, every restaurant owner is going. Well, I I, really, I want to push it to what it should be, but I'm going to do it slow. And then someone does it, and then someone else does it, and so you're. You see it like, you know, I think like a glass of wine. Um, look around at what a glass of wine is now. You're, you know, it's double digits almost everywhere. Yeah, you know? and cocktails are now creeping up towards 15. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, you know, you go to Vancouver, BC, they're 20, 25. And, and, and well, that's, that's Canadian dollars. Well, that's so. also probably what it should be. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's what, you know, it's so, I mean, I, I say it, you know, if, if Port- Portland is very conscious on the person, you know, but that's going to come at a cost. You know, every time we vote on another measure to add more benefits to the workers, I mean, it's going to come from somewhere. And, uh, I mean, personally, one of my, 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 my anger words in politics is the word free because nothing's free and we can't sell things as free. So mm-hmm. everybody's going to pay for it some way mm-hmm. we can pay for it collectively. And that's great. I'm all for that, but nothing's free. Everything mm-hmm. costs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's all going to come from somewhere. So if we, we 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 want to be really progressive on our labor practices. Then we got to be prepared for that twenty dollar burger. Well, I think it's coming. I just went to uh, Norway, twenty five dollar burgers. Yeah, I mean that's when you do the conversion. So yeah. they they have those there. Yeah, uh, they've start you know. So. And, we, and we live in a city where we we demand quality. Also, it's not like you can, you know. There's there's some cities where you know you 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 probably could you know you know, push it off to the Cisco truck and, 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 you know, take compromises, compromises don't work in the city. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to be putting your best out all the time and take care of that. And yeah. that, that's, that's, that's going to survive. That's going to, yeah, that's going to, that's going to cost, you know? Yeah. And well, we, and also to defend Norway a little bit, generally services included in that. Yeah. Now, now all of a sudden, tipping in Europe is changing. They're they're adopting the American model. No, Spain expects a tip now. Yeah, and it's not a lot. It's a lot less than here, but, but they, they expect want a one. tip. You yeah. can't not leave yeah. a tip now. You know, it's like you know, my, I I talk to my Spanish friends, and they're like, you know, they go out and have a two hundred dollar dinner, and you know, leaving a five euro is enough. Right. You know, it's just a little something. It's a token of, right. of yeah. appreciation. Yeah. Um, and if that was happening here, it would it would answer all those a lot of those problems. Yeah, for, that you're talking about. You know, it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, but, um, um, and the tipping model has changed a little bit here, so it's become a little easier. You can share with the back. You have ways to share with the back of the house. Um, uh, you know, that's still always comp- that's that's a that's a double edged sword. You know, that's always you know it's it's always in question. How many people are what what is the what's the gen- on your double tip line? I did, the, I did a double tip line. What are the people doing? What's the you, you know it's it's uh, my servers we we audited it uh, uh, our our servers um get about the same or you know it didn't really change they didn't take a dip and our cooks get about you know another two to three dollars an hour mm-hmm. from what they bring in oh good so that's so it worked good, out it really good the front of the house it got you know it got some guests you know talking so there were some people who didn't like it and upset and we and, you know it's funny it's one of those things where we're like you don't you don't have to do it we're not judging you. Right. We're not anything, but I mean, I, I can't sleep at, you know, we used to always have a, a portion of the tip pool go to the kitchen and the government, you know, kept threatening to, you know, take us down over that and everyone else. And I was just like, I don't, I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I can sleep well at night going the old model. And, and I, and I don't think it's fair 
to not allow people to tip the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so we we put it as an option and we're and we really stand behind that. I, I you know, one of the thing uh, the notes we always got is, you know, you should pay your cooks a living wage, pay them what they're supposed to. And I I can say for certainty that on on across the board, I I I bet you we pay higher than anybody else in this town. You know, our cooks, we are you know, I I, I, it's amazing how many cooks I have and chefs own their own homes, do well in this town, you know, d- you know, are doing good. And I, I have a lot of pride in that, but I, I, I still don't think it's enough. You know, I, I still want them to get more when they can. Well, they should participate in the growing economy here. Yeah. But to go full circle, first time I ever actually had a conversation with you, we were talking about cars. Uh-huh. And it shocked me that the guy who opened um, and owned Toro Bravo and Tasty and Sons was driving an 11-year-old BMW at the time. Yeah. I thought, man, in any other city, and I may have brought this up with you, you would have been driving the newest BMW. Well, yeah. not to discuss what you're driving, but it's really cool that you're talking about everybody that works for you. You want them to be able to enjoy the lifestyle they want to. Yeah. So that's very cool. And it's cool that you came. This I mean, I, I always say with the employees, you know, I, when someone comes to work for me, I'm like, if you work for me for a year, I want you to reflect back and I want your life to be better now than it was a year ago in, in those ways, you know, and, and, I, and I don't mean it just with money either. I mean it with the time, you know, we really focus on, you know, not burning out, giving people time off, you know, most of my, you know, 90% of my cooks work four day work weeks and still are able to get a couple hours of overtime. It's not like they're, they're under houred, you know, my, my salary, you know, if you work for us for three years, salary chefs get three weeks a year off plus a three day week in every quarter, you know, and throw extras at them when we can. So, I mean, we really, we really, I mean, I think there's a reason why people stay with us for a decade plus. That is great. And, um, you've learned a lot, learned a lot since I, I think I first met you back in 2009. Yeah. So you've that, that's a long learning curve. You you know a lot more now than you knew. Yeah. Then and uh, think about the experiences you've had yeah, in the no, last ten years. No, it's been then, amazing. Then what it's going to be like in two thousand thirty? Yeah. How much more you're going to know? No, it's you know it's 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 that I'll, I'll say after you know talking about the dark side of that brain tumor is it was about six months ago that I I I kind of see it as a blessing. You know, it it gave me a little more empathy. It um. It, it definitely changed some lifestyle choices I was making into a, a, a better, healthier way. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, it, 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 there's no doubt about when you, when you have a, a, a life scaring event like that, that it, it, now I, I, I don't, t- I take every day as a blessing. And even, even the bad days, I uh, often I'll sit at the end of the day and I'll be like, well, you know, I got, at least I got to experience that. At least I'm here to experience it. It's all gravy now. Yeah. Or sauce. Yeah. Whatever you want to call yeah. it. All right, man. Thank you so much yeah, for coming in. I really appreciate it. You're always uh, very gracious about answering quickly and saying, yes, I'll be there. You're a really busy guy, so I appreciate yeah. that more than you know. Thanks. So, thank you very much. Definitely. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right